So I really suggest, you know, being confident in yourself and not worrying so much about failing. That's one of Biz Library's values is freedom to fail, which I really love that one. This is From Paint to Purpose, a podcast by FCP Services, where we believe people drive growth. Exploring topics related to company culture, leadership, and construction industry insights. Now your host. Welcome, everybody. Today we have Jake Slade from Biz Library. Hi, Jake. How are you? I am doing great. How are you? Yeah, Pretty good. I'm super excited for this. Um, Biz Library is one of the um, LMS um, systems that we use for our training. And, um, and be, me being in charge of it, I'm just like totally geeking out about it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, can you tell us a little about yourself? Yeah, well, on a kind of personal side, um, I just got married about two weeks ago. Um, I have a, a three and a half year old son. And when I'm not working, you know, I like to be out in nature, do a lot of hiking, outdoor activities. Um, aside from that, I am a client success manager here at Biz Library. I've been here, gosh, actually next week, it will be two years, which is crazy. Time has really flied. Um, as I've been here, but my background prior to coming to Biz Library, I was actually a more of a science person. I studied cell biology at school and worked in a lab right after college. Mm -hmm. um, so a pretty big transition coming to Biz Library, but it's really worked out well, and and I absolutely love being here. Why did you choose this career path towards Biz Library from something in science? Yeah, it was it was a combination of a few things. Um, you know, I I really liked the science side of everything. It was cool to learn all that stuff, but I really wanted to work with people, help people reach their goals. And sitting at a lab bench all day long doing the same thing, it just wasn't for me. Um, so I started looking for different types of jobs where I can help people. Really, at when I first started looking, I had no clue what I would help people do, but um, Biz Library kind of took a chance on me with my first role here as a sales development representative. Um, so I got to spend a lot of time reaching out to people, um, very similar to yourself, people that don't have any training in place, though, um, kind of figuring out how Biz Library can help. And then from there, kind of point them in the right direction with our products and things like that. Um, and after doing pretty well in that position and learning a lot about Biz Library, training and development, um, the industry kind of in general, I decided that I wanted to stick with it, um, especially sticking with Biz Library. So I kind of initiated conversations, hoping to move over to our client success team and it kind of worked out well for me. So really, I think a combination of my personality, my kind of outgoing tendencies, I really like talking with people all day, um, asking questions, you know, I'm a pretty curious person as well. So a lot of that just kind of it kind of worked out for itself. It, none of it was really planned for very for very long, but um, yeah, it was. It kind of worked out in my favor. Awesome. So, um, can you tell us a little about about uh, Biz Library? Yeah. So we are in the training and development space. I don't really like to call us a vendor. I think of us more as kind of a training partner. Um, as far as our offerings, we do offer everything from training content to a few different learning platforms. Um, our content covers a wide range of topics and, you know, it's a pretty vast library that we do offer to our clients. Um, 
some of our more popular areas will be compliance training, leadership and development training. Um, my favorite thing about Biz Library as a company is kind of like I said, the partnership aspect. Um, we don't just provide our clients with content or a platform and say, you know, go off and, and do your training. Um, people in my role, my colleagues, myself, we provide kind of ongoing, ongoing strategic support to make sure that you're getting the most out of Biz Library. And even besides the, the Biz Library content or platform that you're using, uh, we can provide even additional best practices from what our other clients are doing, um, what we hear from the industry, things like that. So um, how do you relate to Biz Library's company mission and what is Biz Library's company mission? Yeah, so we kind of break it up into four different prongs, I guess you could say. Um, basically, driving the success of our clients through partnership and, and kind of ongoing strategy is one piece. Um, providing high quality content that's really impactful um, to the employees that are using it. And then delivering kind of innovative technology, always moving forward with our technology so that we're staying ahead of trends, um, and really making it the easiest for admins like yourself to, to deliver a simple standardized training program that is still robust. Um, and then the last piece is really developing our internal employees that are, we like to, our, our kind of four characteristics of our employees are smart, driven, curious, and caring, which is a really, that's kind of what I really fell in love with, with the mission here, because I've seen myself as all four of those things, but the fact that Biz Library wants to continue to enforce that, um, and it ties into our values, which which I'm sure we'll talk about later as well. Uh, so I kind of relate to it really in that I'm a forward thinker. I like to always be ready for the next trends and changes, and Biz Library really drives that, especially with people like myself working with our clients to make sure that we are always staying one step ahead of you know, if there's a potential challenge that could come up in the next couple of months, I want to ask questions early enough to find those kind of before it's an issue. Um, that way we can work through those issues before it really is causing problems. So um, you were talking about the um, mission and the core values. Is that, do you think that mission kind of helped you choose your career path? I think it did. Um, when I first came to Biz Library, like even in my initial interviews, I had no relevant job experience to the position I was ex interviewing for. Um, I was I was nervous, you know, I had no clue what I was doing. And when I heard about the different values and, and the mission itself, I was like, wow, you know, I don't necessarily need that experience right now. I can kind of gain it as I go and use that to, you know, I kind of, the longer time went on, my path and, and the mission path kind of aligned and, and worked out really well together. Do you think that's important when um, finding a career that you have to align yourself with that mission? Um, for me, absolutely. I'm not sure if other people feel differently, but you know, if I'm working at a company and devoting 40 plus hours a week to working there, I don't want it to just be something that, you know, takes up my time. I want to be passionate about it. I want to feel like it has a deeper meaning, um, whatever that might be. And of course, that's going to be very different for different people. But um, for me, yes, it, it kind of helps with my job satisfaction. Um, you know, waking up every morning and, and doing the job, if I'm aligned with what the company wants to do, it makes it a lot easier for me. 
And speaking of um, employee satisfaction, how does a training program like this help employee satisfaction? Yeah, I think the a kind of early general answer is really workplace culture. If a training program is is done right and working successfully, it will change the whole culture of the company. You know, when there is a learning culture, everybody wants to constantly get better. Um, they constantly are looking for new ways to learn, new ways to collaborate with their people. Um, and I think, you know, a successful training program kind of enforces all of those things, whether it's starting new conversations about, you know, the training that you just completed, or even having conversations to figure out where we need to spend more time on training programs. So I think it's, it's kind of a combination of a few of those things, but, you know, it really comes down to culture, at least in my head, and going beyond even job specific training can really help enforce that that workplace kind of learning culture um, so that everybody feels you know cared for if an organization is providing those opportunities to get better um, it, it makes it a lot easier to stick around i personally would not want to stay at a company that you know provides no ongoing training or support or anything like that um, because to me, it makes it a lot harder to move forward in your career, um, to help the people, you know, your clients or whoever you're serving. So, um, yeah, I think it, it plays in pretty largely to the satisfaction piece. Um, so when it comes to the employee satisfaction and company culture, do you think um, the constant growth of an employee helps the growth of an organization? I definitely do. Um it, it comes in a few different ways, but of course, when people are performing better in their role, especially across the whole organization, you know, a sales team clicking on all cylinders, marketing team doing really well because they're well-trained on, on the certain kind of different areas that they're producing that marketing info for, um, it's only going to bring the numbers up for an organization. Aside from the actual performance piece, just the longer that an employee stays at a company, the more comfortable they are with, you know, what the company is doing, how they talk about it, everything like that. Um, and retention plays a big piece of that, you know, with ongoing training and development, typically retention is going to be higher. Um, and of course, as you probably know, high turnover is going to bring a lot of issues and, and going to kind of hinder that company growth, obviously. So, um, when the training program does play into retention and satisfaction and all those things, you know, happy workers are always going to have better performance. Um, so um, speak, um, in regards to performance, what are some of the trends that you're seeing now that didn't happen before 2020? Yeah. And, you know, there is a lot, a lot of new trends, and I think they're really exciting. It's I don't want to say it's unfortunate that they came up because of 2020 and, and the whole pandemic, but they should have come up a lot sooner. The main trends that I've been seeing, not only with my clients, but just in, you know, reading industry articles and things like that, a lot of it is about making training more relevant. You know, the days of providing the same general training um, to a whole organization, it's just unnecessary now, and it's going to basically turn people off to training. So a big trend now is 
identifying specifically what different people, what different job roles need as far as skills training, um, which ties into another trend that I'll get into in a second. But basically, if people have access to the relevant training that will specifically help their job role, their personality type, their strengths and weaknesses, um, it makes it a lot more relevant. People will continue to want more training, which for me is a big goal. I want people to be excited about ongoing training and development, not think of it as, you know, an additional task or thing that takes up their calendar. So the kind of relevance of it, as well as the accessibility, making it easy to, to view, which is why I love online training. Um, you can watch, you know, five to 10 minute videos. The micro learning piece is a huge trend. It's that might've come up before 2020, I would assume, but, um, bringing training into the flow of work really has popped up a lot more. You know, people are busy working from home, um, especially now so many organizations are understaffed or, you know, can't keep up with the growth they have. So time is a big factor. Um, aside from that, it's kind of a, a combination of, you know, focusing on soft skills, not so much hard skills anymore. Um, the high level of change, especially since early 2020, that organizations have had to deal with, um, you know, just being very skillful in your job role and your hard skills for that position are no longer enough. You really do need to be um, flexible and, and reactive to all the changes that are happening. And that's why we really encourage focusing on soft skills, whether that's, you know, empathy, communication. Um, it, it, of course, does depend on, you know, what you do in your role and and what you're currently comfortable with. Um, but that's a big thing that, that I've been seeing is more of a focus on soft skills and applying those to a wide range of challenges that might come up or projects that you're working on. Um, the last trend that I kind of noted down and I've been seeing more of lately is really data-driven learning that does tie into the relevant piece. Um, using data to find out, you know, what skills might be lacking across a certain department or the whole organization, and then providing ongoing training on those areas. Um, you know, some clients will use performance reviews or kind of ongoing surveys to, to continue to measure that. Um, you can also look at performance pieces of a job role and, and find out, you know, what might be lacking in sales, for example. Um, you know, you can see that somebody's not building rapport very well in their calls. Well, we can spend some time you know, either identifying pre-made online content for that or just spend some time in a one-on-one -on -one training session going through how, how to do that, for example. So those are the main trends that have been coming up. I am sure there will, there will be a lot more that continue to come up, of course, and, and there's probably a, a few other ones that I didn't mention, but um, those are the ones that definitely I see with my clients the most. Do you think it's um, beneficial to a company to make sure they identify the areas of struggles in um training and development and making sure they're aligned with the company uh, values? Absolutely. And that's actually, I really love that question. That's when we bring on new clients in our kind of initial conversations, we like to really dive into, you know, our clients' missions and values and find out how exactly we can tie training into that. Um, and, and tying in the, the kind of relevant aspect that you just did is, is really interesting. Um, I think really the only the only thing that can come from that is basically positive moving in a positive direction. Um, 
kind of hitting two birds with one stone, you know, enforcing the mission and the values with your people, which can always help reinforce company culture and everything like that. Um, as well as already having that relevant training content that, that people, you know, they'll realize, oh, this is what I need help with. Um, I think that would, you know, lead to really great results that I did. What trainings do you think should be recognized in an organization? Yeah. So outside of, you know, the relevant pieces that I was discussing, because of course that is very situational, I think what is important to discuss is, you know, general compliance training as well as diversity, you know, DE&I training, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's, it's so often overlooked because at least the, the sexual harassment piece is, you know, required so often. Um, so, so many people look at it as a, you know, oh, I have to do this hour long training before the end of the year. It's another thing that takes up my time. But when you really think about it, it is such an important topic and it is an ongoing issue today even. Um, so of course, even if it's not required, I always suggest addressing sexual harassment. Um, as far as the diversity training goes, times have changed so much over the last two, three, four years, um, both from things happening in the world as far as, um, or not as far as, but even just you know, people's minds and views have changed as well. So I always like to suggest diversity courses. Biz Library has taken a big focus on that as well and has released a ton of new diversity content that is, it's really fresh and it's because it's new and updated, it's, it's, it's completely different from some of the diversity training that you would have watched, you know, five years ago, something like that. Um, those are two of the areas that I really like suggesting because of its role in company culture. You know, people in the office or even working remote, they need to feel safe, welcomed, included in the company as well. And, and those trainings can really kind of reinforce that. What are, um, what is some advice you can give other organizations that are in a hybrid and, um, now are kind of in a new kind of work environment, um, to make sure their training is successful and uninterrupted. That's, that's really good. And that's kind of the beauty of, of online training. Um, it does not have to be interrupted. And another great part of it is that trainings that were traditionally done in person, say job specific training, for example, it can still be done online, which is, you know, it's really amazing. If you think about, you know, some of the things that, that can happen in training programs, even while everybody is sitting in their own house. Um, I think, I think a good way to keep training kind of uninterrupted, especially from the learner's perspective is keeping it quick. Mm -hmm. Um, not overloading people, you know, while they're at home is a good way to make it seem like training is easy. Um, you can still get a lot out of it without having to spend, you know, hours a week on training. So, I think just kind of continuing to stay in touch, even outside of training, ongoing department meetings, one-on-ones are so important to making sure that you're addressing challenges that are coming up with your, you know, direct manager. Um, 
it allows for kind of managing up if if you and your manager are not clicking on the same the same page bring it up and and figure out how you can work better together um that's only going to come through open dialogue open conversations and at least in my experience that typically happens in one-on-one meetings because it's that's what it's there for as a space to to have open conversations um so that's my suggestion as far as you know keeping things uninterrupted and, and smoothly while transitioning back to working from home or going back and forth, trying to keep things pretty standardized and, and quick. Um, what are some ways leaders can motivate um, and influence further learning and training, even it, even though they're working at home or it's a, the work environment changed? I think, you know, hearing that question, that means the leaders, the leadership wants training to be successful, that's already a step in the right direction. Um, so many times upper management or you know, C-suite executives will overlook the training. They won't think it's as important as it really is. So even just the occasional you know, email from the CEO or, or any kind of leadership position um, saying, hey, we have this month's training that just rolled out, go ahead and complete it. Or um, you know, basically the excitement from any leadership position will most likely drive that training home. You know, if if your manager or the head of your department is very enthusiastic about training, you probably should be too. You know, they got where they are most likely because they were open to learning and, and things like that. Um, so you might as well learn from them and, and do the same thing. Be open to constant development. Be open to investing the time in yourself and, and your company to get better. Um, I want to switch gears here a little and ask about future projects for you. Any projects you and your team are working on right now? Yeah, there's a few. So you and I had discussed right before we started about our Align Conference. Um, That is coming up in a few weeks. That's been a pretty large project of ours. Um, As far as my department, a big focus is getting our clients to come. We put it on for our clients, and there's a ton of great information specific to training programs, Um, using various tools within those training programs to get the most out of it. So a big focus of mine is just educating people on the Align Conference, why it's worth going. Um, Aside from that, for me, it's, you know, in working with my clients, a kind of ongoing project I have is just getting overall training utilization up. Um, The more utilization, the more success, at least in our eyes, of course, that will depend on, you know, what a a certain client expects out of a training program. But um, in my ongoing conversations with clients, I've been basically asking questions, trying to uncover areas of their organization where maybe they're struggling. Um, And then from there, providing content recommendations, best practices on how we can kind of overcome those challenges. So a lot of kind of ongoing projects, aside from the Align, Align Conference, there's been nothing huge. Um, but yeah, it's an exciting time. What are some best practices that you can um, let us know about so we can learn? <laughs> yeah, so that's, you know, it, it does come down to, it's, it's kind of situational as well. As far as overall utilization going up, um, we always kind of want to start with, you know, providing assignments, providing relevant assignments that are required. And with that, you know, depending on the company culture, if people aren't very receptive to training yet, you might have to start small, start with a 
a very quick assignment. Maybe it's a 10 or 15 minute course or a, a lunch and learn that's, you know, 15 to 20 minutes long, something like that. Um, kind of a, a low touch, get people interested, but don't overpower them with training or, or you know, let them know that it's going to be a huge time investment coming up soon. That's always a good place to start. Beyond that, making it fun. Um, I love recommending contests, games, raffles, competitions um, with training, which is another great aspect of online training. It makes it so easy to, to track all of that, to, to roll it out. Um, and, you know, when there is kind of in its incentive or even just the competitive aspect, it makes it a lot easier for people to, to get involved with training, um, to go above and beyond with it. That always has pretty high success with, with getting more utilization. What advice can you give someone who is trying to have a similar career goals to the ones you have? Yeah, it's, you know, I think the biggest piece of advice that I could give really is kind of throwing all your fear, all your hesitation out the window. Um, when I first came to Biz Library, my main job was reaching out to potential clients and, and prospects and, you know, it was not easy for me to start calling people that I didn't know, telling them about something that they didn't know about. It was it was very hard for me at first until you know a few weeks passed. I was calling people all day, and I realized you know I am not I am not providing these prospective clients with you know the best Jake. <laughs> so I kind of stopped worrying about you know really everything, mm -hmm. being my genuine self. Um, and that's kind of where a lot of my success came from. I realized I didn't have to be what I thought a salesperson was or what I thought a client success manager was. I can just be myself and, you know, kind of use my strengths and, and my weaknesses to my advantage. So I really suggest, you know, being confident in yourself and not worrying so much about failing. That's one of Biz Library's values is freedom to fail, which I really love that one. Um, not being afraid of, you know, coming up short or, or whatever, there's always going to be another opportunity and you're going to learn something from failing. So my advice really is just to kind of go for it. What advice can you give an organization that is trying to find ways to grow and train their employees? I think it, it goes back to being open to change and a lot of it, especially, you know, if an organization is trying to find ways to train their people and they haven't done very much training before, it can be a huge transition and it's not easy. Um, you know, I have to give a lot of props to, to HR professionals, training professionals that basically start training programs from scratch. Not only do you have to convince the leaders of the organization to buy into that training, but you have to convince the employees who are going to be receiving that training um, to buy in as well. And it's, it's really a, a tough thing to do successfully, but it comes down to the relevant training, making it really easy to be accessed, um, and then showing results as far as getting that leadership buy-in. Um, you know, you need to show how the training program is successful, what results you're seeing as far as performance increases, sales increases, um, reduced cost on other training areas, um, you know, showing those results to people in the leadership positions is a great way to get their buy-in, which will kind of have a trickle-down effect and and eventually have your employees more bought into training as well. Nice. I like that answer. Um, is there anything else you would like to talk about that we didn't discuss? 
Um, I mean, really, it's kind of just opening people's eyes, I think, to learning and development. Before I came to Biz Library, I did not know too much about learning and development other than, you know, completing compliance training in my last job and and going through some occasional development training there. But I didn't realize, you know, how much went into a training program, the amount of detail that it takes to to find that relevant training. So, you know, for any kind of HR professionals out there that are not doing training yet, I think try and open your mind. Um, you know, even if you think your people won't buy into training, there are a lot of ways that you can get that buy-in. And, and once you get that, it's, it's a whole new world of opportunities, even outside of online training. Um, just the collaboration that can come from in-person training sessions or kind of, um, training reviews, things like that. Um, that's kind of the main thing that I would like to bring up is, is really be open to, to some of that change with your training programs. So um, how can our audience connect with you if they are interested in learning more about you or Biz Library? Yeah, I would say LinkedIn is probably the easiest way. I'm just Jake Slade on LinkedIn. Um, Outside of that, as far as learning more about Biz Library, you can definitely reach out to me. I'm always happy to, to talk through some things. Um, you could also visit bizlibrary.com. We have kind of a, a live chat option, <clears throat> which is what I actually did in my last role. So it is a real person there waiting to talk to you. Um, they can answer your questions. They can connect you with, with somebody to have a, a real conversation as well. Um, those are the easiest ways you could also basically submit like a, a demo request on the, on the biz library website or, or ask for more information. Um, so the biz library website and, and LinkedIn are probably the two best ways. Good. Thank you. Well, Jake, I appreciate your time and, you know, giving us this valuable information on LMS and biz library. Um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you. I was so excited to come on and it was a lot of fun today. <laughs> Thanks for listening. To learn more, visit fcpservices.com. Until next time, remember, people drive growth.